Dancers, do you feel prepared for your next audition? Do you know what company or school you even want to audition for? Hi, it's Dr. Chelsea of the Passion for Dance podcast, and today I have a special episode for all the dancers out there who are getting ready to audition. I brought back Caitlin Sloan of the Brainy Ballerina because she is an expert in helping dancers decide which path is right for you and helping you feel prepared for auditions. This is actually my second conversation with Caitlin. You can check out the first one if you scroll back to episode 29, where we talk about finding intention in your dance career. But today we dive into where a dancer should start when you're thinking about auditioning, how you know which company is right for you, and what to do when you have a hard decision to make. Here's my conversation with Caitlin. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Hi, Caitlin. I'm so happy to have you back. Hi, Chelsea. I'm so happy to be back. As I said in the intro, you're the official first, like second round guest, the first one to come back. I'm so happy to uh, get to talk to you again. That's a huge honor. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting. So, well, we connected this time because of, you know, talking more about auditions and being prepared. And so that's going to be our focus today. But before we dive in, in case people don't know you yet, will you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Caitlin Sloan. I am the founder and CEO of The Brainy Ballerina, which is a company I founded after my career as a professional dancer ended. So I danced professionally for almost 10 years. Um, I've been a dance teacher for longer than that. And now I've really shifted into career mentorship and helping dancers just navigate the world of professional dance beyond the technical side, because that's what we focus on the most as young dancers. But then as we get into the world, we realize there's a lot more we need to know about the business, the mindset, all of this that goes into it. So I help dancers navigate that portion of it. Yeah. Uh, And it's so needed. And I think that's really why you and I clicked so quickly in our different businesses, because we both are in the service of how do we help the next generation of dancers have a better experience and, uh, you know, make it as far as they want to make it, as you said, with all the different tools that... I don't know. I guess I'll speak for myself. I make a lot of what I wish I knew. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, how you feel no, about exactly. it. <laughs> I always feel like I'm talking to my younger self whenever I am putting anything out there because it's everything that I wish I had and things that I didn't even know I needed at the time. But looking back now, I'm like, this would have made my journey so much easier. And it's already hard enough. Yes. You know, so why not make it just a little bit easier? Yes. Agreed. So with this focus on auditioning. And we could talk about, I know you typically talk about auditioning for like ballet companies as that's your background, but I think this advice works for any audition, right? Whether people are thinking about auditioning for a high school or college team or a studio company or anything in the professional industry. Let's just start from the beginning. Where should someone start when they're thinking about auditioning? I think the first place to start is to look at your goals for the future. So especially when you're younger and you're looking at summer intensives or training programs like that. You know, it's really easy to kind of listen to what everyone else is doing and and you hear all this noise about, oh, this is the most prestigious program or you really need to go here if you want to make it. And what the thing people don't realize is that you have your own goals. 
that are important to you. And not every program is going to be the right one for those goals. So I say to dancers, you know, when they're younger, like, look five years into the future. What, where do you want to be? Three years, one year, like, let's work backwards and let's kind of look and see what you need to gain right now. You know, what kind of education do you need? What kind of connections do you need to make? You know, what kind of experiences do you need to have? All those different things that are going to lead you to be prepared five years down the road for this career you're working for, what the next step is. And so reverse engineering all of that from your goal back to what you need now and just taking it step by step and not thinking, okay, I need to achieve all of this in this one program or this one summer, but like what is going to give you the next step right now? Yes. Okay. There's two key things that I would love to drill in on with that. One, the step-by-step part. And I think you're, you're right that often we set goals that might be five years down the road and then that feels daunting or that feels like I have no idea what to do next. And it's such good advice to step back and say, okay, what is the first step? What's the first thing that will get me to that next step? I love that advice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, we have big goals as dancers. We have big dreams. We know what we want to achieve. And it's, and it's really tempting to like want to make it happen all right now. And I think that that's such a valuable thing for dancers to be learning some patience, which we do have. I think dancers actually are very patient because we have learned how long it takes to do anything, you know, just to get your plie. Like it's always a work in progress. You're, even the simple things are a constant work in progress. So we do know that it takes patience and it takes time. But I think when it comes to our career goals, we just really want it to happen right now. And I think if we can kind of apply that same concept of bar work, you know, how many times we do the same thing over and over again until we start to get the results we want. Think of it the same way when you're starting to look for auditions. It's going to take time, but I can keep plugging along. I just have to keep putting the work in and doing the same thing over and over again sometimes Mm -hmm. until I can start to build the results that I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So we do the step-by-step part, but then the second part to what you said that I think is so valuable is not listening to everybody else and figuring out what's right for you. And that is something I know I have preached about a lot. So have you like just talking about knowing yourself, knowing what's right for you. And what's hard is for most dancers, these huge decisions are being made as like preteens or, you know, even in the teenage world, we don't have a full-fledged identity at that point, nor should you, right? We're, you shouldn't have this perfect sense of who I am, but then that makes it even more tempting to just listen to all the advice out there and to do what that teacher says or what my best friend is doing, right? So we talk a little bit more about that identity piece and maybe like getting rid of the noise and trying to figure out what's right for you. Yeah, I see all the time, you know, if I'm, I'm in these Facebook groups and I'll see people saying, what's the best summer intensive to go to? What's the best company for my dancer? And it's like, there is no best one that anyone can tell you. Like, yes, there are the companies that are maybe more prestigious, that are harder to get into, that people equate with a certain level of success. But I always come back to my story. Like I, as a young dancer, I had opportunities that I decided not to take because they weren't right for me. When I was 16, I think I went to Pitzer Valley Theater Summer Intensive and they asked me to stay for their year-round program. And my teacher at my home studio really wanted me to go. Like she was like, this is what you've been working for. This is your chance. Like you need to go. And I I could I couldn't make myself do it. Like I I saw the value. I knew it would be an amazing opportunity and I just was like, I want to stay home. I want to go to my high school. I want to have a normal 
yeah. teenage life as normal as it can get as a dancer, you know? <laughs> right. And I just decided not to go. And then I decided to go to college, which is another thing that was kind of like a sticking point. Like you're, my teacher kept saying, you're ready to go audition for professional companies. Like you don't need to go to college right now, go to auditions. And I was like, that's not what I'm ready for. That's not what I want to do. And so I had to really cut out a lot of this noise of people telling me what I should do and what I could do because yeah, maybe I could have had a more prolific career and dance with more prestigious companies if I'd made different choices at that time. But I had exactly the career that I wanted because I found a place to dance that had everything that was important to me. And that allowed me to have that work-life balance that I'd already always been searching for. And I love to talk about this, like the work-life blend and all those kind of things I've heard. You know, I love how you talk about this, but it's, <laughs> and of course it's never really a true balance. But as a dancer, I didn't want to sacrifice everything else in my life for dance. I never wanted to from a younger age. I loved it. I wanted it to be part of my life, but I didn't want it to be everything. And I knew there had to be a place for me to achieve that. And I found that. So I think that those decisions I made ended up being the success that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And every dancer is different, you know, and that's what you have to determine for yourself. What is going to be important to you? What do you want out of your career, out of your job, out of your future, out of your life? And, you know, start to make these choices that will lead you to that path. And of course, you can change your mind. Yeah. It's not like you have to like stick with this one thing for the rest of your life and just double down on it. Mm -hmm. But you have you it's okay to say, maybe that would have led me to a more prestigious, successful in someone else's eyes career. But this is what was better for me and my life. Yeah. Oh, so true. And I think in psychology, we even talk about it. It's almost like a grief over the life that would have been, even if you're really happy with where you are. Right. And I did a similar thing with choices in my path of deciding I either intentionally closing doors or sometimes doors that were closed for me. And there's that sense of loss of like, what if that was better? Or what if I was better because of that? And instead being able to say like, I, I chose this path intentionally, or this, as you said, helped me have the career I was meant to have. And there is that pressure to like, you're only worth it if you go to the best of the best, if you make it. And it's, just not the case, right? You can have incredible careers, as you said, multiple different kinds of levels of ballet companies. When I think about school programs, you don't have to go to the big D1A schools in order to have the best experience. And, you know, there's like the ballet experience within colleges. There's the team experience within colleges. There's not even going to colleges and going straight to auditions, right? So many different ways to do it. And it is more about finding your path I was going to ask you about a personal story, so I'm glad you shared. I don't know if you remember or um, can speak to a little bit about what it felt like when you went against your teacher's advice, who I assume you had a good relationship with. I know I've talked to you about her before. So what it felt like to have this advice from someone you love and trust and decide to do something different, and then did you have support elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, we had an amazing relationship. Um, she came to my wedding, like we are, <laughs> we're very close, right? And so I really did, it was difficult for me to make these choices because I really did look up to her and trust her. And I really appreciated that she was telling me to go fly mm -hmm. and go try something else. Like she wasn't trying to hold me to her studio and, and make me stay there. Cause I, you know, sometimes there are teachers who like are, want to hold you so tight, sure. you know, and she was like, no, go, go do it. Like, this is your chance. And I did appreciate that. Um, but I just knew that it didn't feel right. And ultimately when I made the decision, she backed me up. Like yeah. she didn't, it didn't come back up again. You know, yeah. she gave me her advice. She gave me her two cents. 
and then let me make my choice and supported me through that. So it never felt like I was letting her down or I was making a mistake. Um, But it did feel like I was not listening, I guess, to the advice that I was given from a professional. And I do think about those sliding doors sometimes, you know, what could have been. But I also think about, you know, I'm where I am now in my life and, and being married to my husband and having my son and another on the way and all these things that like led to this. And I, and it would have been totally different life. Like Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine anything different at this point, you know? So I am really grateful for how it's progressed and, and lucky to have support from all sides, from my parents, from my teachers, from my friends. Like I was really lucky to have a very supportive community. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an ideal mentor, mentor relationship in the sense that she gave you advice that you would look for from a mentor, but then ultimately it's your choice, right? And that's yeah. that's what we hope for. So speaking to dancers who are now faced with that choice, who are either deciding between programs, maybe yeah. it's, you know, your first summer internship, maybe it's which companies you audition for, or maybe, you know, you have to make a, like, we call it in psychology, there's actually this term called approach, approach, conflict, or like, I have to choose between two good things, like maybe I have two good companies or I have two good things that I really want and I can't do both. How do you know which is right for you? Ooh, I don't know if you ever really know. Yeah. You know, when you have two good options, what a good problem to have. You know, yeah, you don't know for sure definitively like this was the right one, you know, for mm-hmm. me. But I think it comes back to your goals and looking at what you need right now and saying, well, maybe this one I can do the next year. Maybe this will be more beneficial for me right now. And coming back to like what you really want out of your career, what your must-haves are, what your non-negotiables are, which one of these places uh, provides those things for me? Do I like the culture at one place? You know, just kind of going back to all those things. And and then I kind of think it just comes down to listening to your gut. Like I'm one of those people who at a restaurant, I won't order until – like I won't know what I'm going to have till the waiter comes. <laughs> so like I wait and then I, I have like two things in mind and I just say whatever one and that's the right one. Yeah. Because I'm really not good at decisions. And so, of course, this is a much huger decision than ordering a meal at a restaurant. I do think there is so much value in making your list, going through all the different pros and cons, figuring all those things out, and then ultimately just kind of let it settle. Give it a few days of not thinking about it so actively. And then a lot of times the right answer will just come to you. Yeah. Actually, I think that's wonderful advice in the sense that you're right. You won't ever know. And I think a lot of dancers in our perfectionist tendencies feel like we have to make the right decision and instead approaching it of there is no right decision and you will come to a place that will give you an experience that you need right now. But you can still be active, as you said, like make the list, talk about, you know, the culture in different places. What do I need right now? I love how you were talking about that. What gets me to my goals right now, right? And which is the best now and weeding out, do I want this because someone else said I should have it? Or do I want this because I want it? And then just letting it sit for a little bit, which is really hard for most of us (laughs) to just let it be. But I think that's great advice. Yeah, Yeah. really hard. That's something that I've gotten a lot better at over the years. But I, I used to hate being in that place of indecision where you're just in that gray area where you haven't decided something yet. And I would make a decision just to have made a decision. Mm Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to be done and I've gotten a lot better at letting it kind of sit, which is such a valuable thing to do. Like I have my 24 or 48 hour rule, depending on the scenario, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of give myself that time. But, uh, and I really think that's a lot really valuable and something that I wish I would have done more of when I was younger. Oh, I agree. I felt the need to make a decision all the time. And now 
both as a professor talking to my college students and then consulting with so many athletes, there's that teen and 20 age of, but I have to know, and I have to make this choice. And they don't always like my advice of, no, you don't have to right this minute. It's okay. (laughs) But it is powerful to sit in the uncomfortableness of not knowing yet and do your research by all means and go through and make the list, but then it will come to you. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. All right. I would love to transition a little bit into actual auditions and how we are prepared and how we can best kind of handle those nerves and be ready. So will you speak a little bit about how to be even just physically prepared for auditions? Because I think being physically prepared helps you be mentally prepared. Yeah. So I always, first of all, I think for dancers, part of the physical preparation, I mean, of course, you know, it's being in your classes, being consistent with your technique, doing all those things, but also getting your materials ready ahead of time, making sure you're prepped because I see a lot of dancers. I, I work with a lot of different clients and I see two kinds of dancers generally. Um, either the ones that wait till the last minute when audition pops up and they have to get everything together really fast to send and they're usually really stressed out or the ones that have all their stuff together and they can just apply or send it in, whatever it is. And then they have to, don't have to worry about it and they can feel so much more calm. So that means like getting your resume together, your dance reel, your videos, your cover letter references, everything and having it ready to go. And then when opportunities come up, you can take advantage of them. You're not scrambling to try to get together. You're not in this hyper state of like just feeling really, really rushed and stressed because then if you have to go to an in-person audition and you feel that way, that's going to show in your dancing. Mm-hmm. So give yourself every opportunity to be able to feel calm in the moment, getting enough sleep, eating enough, all those things that sound so simple are so huge on audition day, just taking care of your body so that you are ready to come in and just do your best. And then once you get there, I think that's when the comparison really sets in and you start looking around the room and you're instantly looking at every other dancer there and and sizing yourself up. And that's, for me at least, that's when my butterflies started to just flutter in my stomach and I started to get really nervous, second guess myself, and then I would just like crumble. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell dancers a few things. One, you have to, you can't control what anyone else does, yeah. right? And you always talk about this and I always love everything you say about it, but like control what you can control. You cannot control who else shows up to the audition. You can't control who the director is who's doing the audition, whether they like you or not. If they're giving steps that are your least favorite steps or ones you haven't even learned yet, like there's so much out of your control. All you can control is how you show up and the work that you do and focusing on your own dancing and just doing the best that you can in that moment. I always think that's something to come back to in those moments. Like I cannot control if this person's better than me or not. And again, that's all subjective too. Like who used to say they're better than you? You know, it depends what they're looking for. So just bring what you have know your strengths and what you bring to the table and show that and know that if it's a no, that's not really a reflection on you necessarily. It's a reflection on what they are looking for, what they need. You just say, okay, thank you. And maybe you can try again the next year. Maybe it's not a good fit, but that's okay. Don't let those no's get you down because you're going to get a lot of no's. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> yes, of course. I think that's great. You're right. There's so much not in your control. And mentally, when we get distracted, it's usually worrying about the things you can't do anything about. And instead of focusing on what you have to bring, um, you shared a little how there's 
everybody has the nose, lots of nose. Um, I know I had mine. I'm sure you did. Are you willing to go there and share with our listeners? Can we share our like bad audition stories? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was a stream of bad auditions for me. Uh, my very first audition for companies, I wore black and pink and stood out like a sore thumb. Like I looked like a student. No one else was wearing black and pink. Mm. I was insanely nervous. I could barely like stand on my legs. I was so like shaky, you know, and then I got cut pretty quickly into center. Like after Adagio, I think I was cut. And I remember just being like, this is how this is going to go. Like I never been cut before. I never had an audition where I wasn't one of the better dancers, Mm -hmm. you know, at least as I perceived to be in the room. Like I was, I was very strongly trained. So I knew coming into it, like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. And and so to be in the atmosphere and feel like, wow, I'm really a fish out of water here. Sure. And maybe sure. I'm not ready for this was really daunting. And I had quite a few like bad auditions until I finally found somewhere to dance where I knew this is the job I wanted. And that's when everything clicked for me. So yeah. it was like I was going to the auditions, not really believing that it was either the job I wanted or that it was even possible for me. And then I went to audition for Missouri Contemporary Ballet, which is now Merrick Dance. And I I took company class and then I did their rep and I was just like, this is my job. Mm. This is my job to lose. Like this is for me. This is the place that I'm meant to be. I cannot even describe the feeling that I had in my body. Like it was just like, I could take a deep breath and I could actually enjoy it. And I felt so, so just, it was out of body kind of, you know? And, And so for me, it was like, I just needed to find a place where I actually felt like this is the right fit. And then it all just worked. You have to go to a lot of auditions to figure that out. Yeah. That's why we tell dancers, you know, you have to go and just put yourself out there and and not just for them to see you, but for you to get the experience and to figure out what you want too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a two-way street auditions. Absolutely. You're not just auditioning for them. They're auditioning for you to see if you like it there. Yeah. I had a really similar experience with one of my early like summer internship auditions, it was the same kind of thing where like I went to the one that everybody said I was supposed to want to go to. Um, and it was like the more prestigious and all of that. And I had what I hope most companies don't do anymore, but more like the traditional cattle call where everybody just stood in first position at the bar and some people were out before you even got past that, which just that moment of standing at the bar just holding first position, trying not to breathe (laughs) and just the worst mental torture. And I remember like I made it past the cattle call, but not through a bar. Like I was cut after bar before going to center. And it was the same kind of thing as you were saying was I had all of this tension and pressure around what I was supposed to be doing. And did I, you know, my feet weren't as pretty as hers or my leg didn't go as high as hers, or he had better, you know, balance than I did. And I didn't know how to um, deal with any of that and totally crumbled. But then, you know, a, I think a year later when I auditioned for a company that, I, that similar feeling, I was like, oh, this, this is it. This culture is better. These people are who I want to be around. I executed in that audition completely differently and got it. And it's so much more about the, the fit of like, this is feels right. And then you're able to dance as your best self. And then to your point, sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't. But I think you can walk away from the audition of I did my best and they said no to your point of just saying it wasn't a good fit. It's not that I'm a bad dancer. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I had a mentoring session actually with the dancer earlier today and she had had her first company audition earlier this week. And I asked her how it went. She said, I had so much fun. Oh, good. And I was just like, that's amazing. And that's something else for dancers to remember. Like it, it should feel fun. Just feel to go in and dance and do your thing. Like you are trained for this. You have worked so many years, so many hours for this moment. You are ready for it. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she was able to harness that emotion of just like, I'm going to have fun and see what happens. And you know, that's out of my control, but I'm going to control that I want to have a good time. Yeah. I just thought that was so amazing and very mature of her because I think that's really tough when you're coming out of college. So I was really impressed by that. And I just thought, wow, if only I could have felt that way right. at that age, but Absolutely. yeah, it doesn't have to be so serious. Yes. It, can, it can be fun. So true. Such good advice. Is there any other like general advice you would like to share about either like the choosing the right path in career or the audition itself? I think that when it comes to auditions, coming back to what we were saying before about dance, you know, comparing some other people, we get really obsessed about how high our leg goes, how many turns we can do, how high we can jump. And of course, we're always working to improve these skills. That's not something that we just don't work on. But what and it comes down to it, especially, you know, my experience is mainly ballet company auditions, but I'm sure you can speak more to the dance team. But at least in my experience, what directors are really looking for is not necessarily the highest leg or the most turns. They're looking for consistency. They're looking for technique. They're looking for musicality. They're looking for those kind of qualities that are going to make you be able to be part of a group. Because when you're going to the auditions, you're not typically auditioning for the principal mm-hmm. spot or the forest role. You're auditioning to be in the court of ballet or to be a part of a dance team where you're working with other people. So they want to know that you can follow directions that you can pick up on details, that you're going to be able to dance with other people and make this cohesive unit, and that you have a good attitude, that you're going to be something they want to work with every single day and not come in and, and bring the whole vibe of the company down. And so, yeah, we want to work on those other technical areas of getting our legs higher or doing more turns. That's great. But when it comes down to it, it's the other qualities that you show that are going to really get you the job. Yes. I love it. And I I think you're right. It's not just the ballet world. It's everywhere. It's commercial industry. It's studio teams. It's high school and college teams. And it's more about what you bring to the, to the company, what you bring to the team. Uh, and as you said, there's so many other things that are not just the tricks. I've judged a lot myself in the audition space. And there's always those conversations of like, maybe her jumps aren't the highest, but the precision of the technique is really pretty. Or I loved her musicality. Or did you notice how when we took a break, she was the one working hard. Like they see, as you said, the the little things, what you bring to the table. That's not just about all the big tricks, but dancers will surround themselves and see, you know, all of the, the tricks of people next to them and get caught up in that of, you know, who looks better than them rather than focusing on you do still have a lot to bring. That's not just about those like key trick areas. And and I've even seen really talented dancers cut because of kind of the attitude and the vibe they brought to the audition, regardless of how talented they are. So it goes, it goes both ways. Like you said, directors want, I want the hard worker. I want the one who wants to be a part of this program. I love what you said about like someone working hard on the breaks. I always tell dancers, your audition starts when you leave your house. Like whether you're flying or, you know, however you're getting there, you don't know who's on the plane with you, who's walking down the block, you know, down the street next to you when you're going there. You could be walking down the block you know, in New York City next to the audition director and I even know they're there. And if you're talking negatively about this, you know, 
or saying things that aren't kind or whatever it is, then they're going to see that before you get in the audition and they are going to have this impression of you. So it starts yeah. when you leave your house and and it's so true that it comes down to they want someone who they can work with. And I've seen dancers who, again, like were beautiful and they may have gotten a contract, you know, and then go dance with the company first season and they weren't asked back because of their attitude, because of how bad they made everyone else in the company feel. Mm-hmm. And so those things really do matter. So we're going for longevity here. You don't want to just have one year contract and that's it. You want to be able to have a long career. That's like, for most of us, that's the goal, right? It's yeah. to be able to stay in this for a while. So think more about this long-term marathon of your career as opposed to just, you know, like this quick sprint. Yes. hundred percent. I love that. And I know one of the things that you are really good at is this career mentorship piece and helping dancers with that. Will you share a little more about how dancers can find you and work with you if they're looking for help? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on social media at the Brainy Ballerina on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of the things. My website is thebrainyballerina.com. And yeah, I work with dancers one-on-one just to help them gain these skills they need to work through any issues they're having and just help them feel really confident for their whole career. I mean, audition season is definitely a busy time for me because that's when it's really top of mind. But these kind of things are things you should be working on all year long. And so if dancers are interested in learning more, they can go to my website or reach out to me, email me at thebrainyballerina at gmail.com, set up a career consult. It's totally complimentary. And we just kind of chat about, I learn about you, you learn about me and see if it could be a good fit for me to help you on your dance journey. That's wonderful. And you're right. These I say the same thing about mental skills is people want them like two weeks before the national championship. But I'm like, really, you're working on this all year. This is, you can yep. use the help at any time. So thank you so much for sharing your advice today. I always love talking with you and you have such great advice and wisdom to share with our dance community. Of course, Chelsea, thank you so much. Hey there, dancers. I hope that was helpful and be sure to check out Caitlin's website and social if you are getting ready for audition season. I also wanted to say that this conversation came because of a listener question. So I want to remind you, you can always submit your own questions, topic ideas, and guest requests. Let me know what you want to hear on the show. You can go to speakpipe.com slash passion for dance. That's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E.com slash passion for dance. Or there's a link in the show notes. You just record a simple voice note and let me know what's on your mind. That's speakpipe.com slash passion for dance to submit your own question. And until next time, thanks for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.